So welcome to the Movement 8 podcast uh, with me, Rick Knight, sort of directors from Movement 8. And I'm lucky enough to have Dave Luffenbury, who is a CIO, former CIO, non-exec direct, director and board advisor with me today. Um, so welcome, Dave. And um, if you can just start off by giving us a bit of your career history and your um, path to that CIO role. Yeah, sure. No worries. Um, so I guess what my background really in, in um, the road to CIO was all through changing IT. So my background really for the first 15, 20 years was delivering change, um, things like Halifax Online. I led the team to deliver that. Um, had numerous uh, roles that were kind of technical delivery, technical change. Uh, I did that in a few companies, HBOS, Aviva, Yorkshire Building Society, etc. Um, come the um, end of the noughties, I guess I, I started to look around at what, what next. Um, I'd done lots of roles as head of, director of, um, both interim and permanent, and an opportunity came up at uh, another company, and uh, it was a company called Police Mutual. Uh, interestingly, I did know the chief exec, which I think always helps, um, but they were yeah. looking to make a point their first ever CIO, they were looking at a relatively large transformation, um, needed a combination of somebody who could manage the IT, the change, but also really get that transformation started. Um, and, and applied and was successful with the role. I think what, what was interesting and looking back, um, had I stayed in a company and, and I've been in a few companies, uh, I think that transition to CIO would have been much harder for me because typically it's dead man's shoes. Um, people often overlook the talent they've got in the organisation. I think depending on the organisation you're in, depending on the environment you're in, depending on the support structure. Um, I think my reflection looking back is staying in a company and getting that role would have probably been a harder route for me. So actually getting the experience and moving into an organisation was an easier easier move for me. Um, and I think probably an easier move to land as well, because as I say, it's, um, there is a time where your skills can become valuable to somebody else, but often you're overlooked in the organisation you're in. Uh, since uh, Police Mutual, I had um, eight years in total at Police Mutual, um, and I've worked at a couple of other companies, so um, to people as interim, where I've worked at Furness Building Society, uh, Spectris Industrial Engineering uh, Company, a large, large, very large organisation, and more recently at West Brom. So, so the last few years I've generally done more interim work um, because um, it's quite nice to balance the time on the golf course and uh, time in work. So that gives you the perfect opportunity, which is fantastic for me. Um, but I think, you know, having been a CIO in an organisation for a number of years, having gone through the board cycles, having built some of those skills and experience and awareness, I think it it sets you up well for the next role. So the first CIO role was a bit of a punt, if I'm honest, for Police Mutual, because yeah. they don't know whether I'll succeed and really deliver the role. I think by the time you're on to your third, fourth, fifth, effectively, you've, you've honed the skills about how are you going to manage the board, how are you going to work with the, the exec team to often give quite challenging messages. So... Very few yeah. organisations have enough uh, capacity, people, money to deliver all the change they need. And there's often compromises between service, change, pace of change, um, the focus of the change. So there are all, always competing demands in the business. Um, and I think actually having been through a few CIO roles, you get um, a feel for what's important, but also how to work with the relevant exec teams to get to um, the best compromise, if you like, because there is very rarely a perfect answer for every company. Um, yeah. So I think for me, a few roles has really helped in terms of, as I say, the board understanding, working with the execs, um, and probably most importantly, then working with the team. So whilst a lot of the CIO role and the differentiation of CIO is about managing up, um, CIOs aren't successful without the team. 
And I think, you know, often yeah. people talk about manage stakeholders, manage the board, manage deliveries, manage um, perception profile, et cetera, regulators. Um, all of that comes from the hard work of the teams on the ground. So it's the teams that actually um, are, the, are the people that deliver the change. It's that they're the people that work the long hours, the weekends. And I think, you know, making sure you've got the right team around you, making sure you've got the right structures, the right people, the right balance. Um, and you're working well as, a, as an organisation, I think is really key for me. CIOs actually don't really deliver anything. And I think you know that's one yeah. of the slightly humbling things in a way. You you generally get paid a reasonable sum of money, but it's the teams that actually do all the hard work. Yeah, and and the really interesting point you made in there is that you you felt like you needed to move away from the organisation you were in. Do you feel that it's 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 quite easy to if you stay in the same organisation, it's quite easy to always be perceived as the program guy or uh, the, the the techie guy or whatever it might be. And you have to you have to break out of that mold to actually move move up the ladder and gain new skills. Yeah, and, and I think with any of these answers, the um, uh, the, the real answer is probably it depends. Uh, if I'm yeah. So some companies yeah. I think are very good at that. Um, and I've seen a few people work internally and kind of progress through that and move in different roles. And, and that level of succession planning is brilliant. Um, I'd say more companies typically put you in a position where you're most valuable to the to them, um, and often yeah. you end up in a position where you are the the fixer or the program manager or the expert digital or whatever it might be, um, and then almost get pigeonholed in that particular role. I think when you yeah. when you stand back and look at the skills, and I've said this many times, if you look at the role of IT and change, it's actually got quite a number of generic skills. Um, so you've always got people influencing. Uh, you've always got awareness of the wider business. You, you've always got um, a real a real finger on the kind of operational pulse of the business and how it how it works. Um, you know how data is used around the business. You know how security and systems operate. You work with vendors and procurements. So there are lots of very generic skills that you've got. Um, anybody in a senior IT change role will have that. Um, when you look at what's the difference with CIO, actually, all those skills are all the same, but you just have that. I say that probably bigger emphasis on managing up and yeah you know, I think sometimes people by pushing you into a particular um, bracket of you're the program manager you're the digital dude or whatever it might be sometimes overlook all those other skills that people have got that are just transferable not just in the business or in other roles but also across other businesses um, yeah I think moving CIO from company to company and sector to sector is actually not as difficult as people think I would say because the majority of what everybody does as a CIO is is fairly similar I think in, yeah. in all organisations, all sectors, you've got a core business platform, whether that's banking, ERP, you know, whatever it might be, there is a core platform, but everything else is similar. You've got data, digital, um, operations, change, you know, all of that's the same across every business. You've got one core system that that's different. So you do take a huge amount of transferable skills to both the CIO role, but also across different sectors. So I think it's easier to move into those roles. Sometimes companies are probably more fearful or more nervous of that change than I think they actually need, need to be. Yeah, I think there's a the, there's a big thing around sector experience. And there was um, there was a time a little while ago, particularly in you know financial services, where you you had to have that track record in financial services yep. for years and years and years. Uh, and then as it became more digitized, they were more open to people from different sectors and yep. you know, perhaps Perhaps it's going back the other way now, but but it's uh, it's it's definitely an interesting point, and probably a whole a whole another podcast to to 
to, to yeah, do on I th- that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I would say the, the biggest difference for me in terms of sector experience is the ability to talk to the exec on the on their wavelength, and that's yeah. that's probably the big the big important point. Yeah. So so how did you how did you transition then to because that that it seems like that is you know the core differentiator between that CIO role and and, and another role in in the business. So how did you how did you pick that up? What what did you uh, what strategies did you employ, and, and how did you get used to that? I guess business leader role rather than just operator and and, and operational yep. leader. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think for me, the first piece that I was doing was actually uh, um, stabilize the business. So um, they had a relatively old system, old platform, and the bulk of the first year probably was actually stabilizing that particular business, putting in place new new data centers. We did look at cloud, but it, we were probably just a bit too early at um, 2011 yeah. to, to get there with with the data we had at the time. Um, so so a lot of that was effectively I treated that almost as a, a program of activity and a deliverable to upskill the business, put in place new capabilities in terms of the server, the networks and everything else and and modernize the platform, uh, which effectively was a full upgrade of the platform uh, and a code code rewrite. Um, but I think the bit the bit that was interesting then was having to look at the other areas. So I think all of that was absolutely kind of right in my sweet spot and, and yeah. absolutely bread and butter type stuff. Um, but the, the kind of change then was I actually now need to start thinking of service. I need to start thinking about security. I need to start thinking about budgets. I need to start thinking about um, not just recruitment, retention, people, you know, the kind of progression and everything else. Um, and I think, think, you know, that was the kind of interesting bit for me was whilst the heart of what I was doing was right in my sweet spot at the time, there were lots of other areas. Um, and the first thing I did was effectively developed a um, people call it a 90-day plan if you like but it, it was along those lines so what, what am i going to do in the first uh three six months what am i going to do in the kind of first three years um and interestingly that company actually did write three it strategies which were fairly well right. delivered which was unusual yeah. actually um but you know the first the first strategy pretty well just everything got delivered in it which was great and then when you come to the second um you know you kind of you're working on a an element of the board have got confidence people understand what you're trying to do where you're trying to get to um, I think the interesting bit for me was um, if I was looking back and trying to work on what would I do differently, I think, you know, it's always how do you improve things? I think I'll probably have thought about the uh, people agenda a bit sooner. So whilst I knew I had a good team, uh, the business appetite to grow was was enormous. And I think probably, yeah. you know, understanding that a bit quicker and getting on that a bit sooner would have would have probably been useful. Um, I also was given lots of messages when I joined about the company doesn't like change. It doesn't like spending money. It doesn't really do things that are out yeah. there and and adventurous and every time i went to the board and asked for something and in some cases we had some fairly interesting discussions about we'd like to spend a million pounds on a bit of a punt and every single time the, the board accepted every single proposal um, um and that was really interesting that the the perception in the business was to almost hold itself back and not really try and push the boundaries and yet yeah. the board were trying to move forward at a faster pace in the business so you did see this kind of challenge if you like between the the board wanting to get um, get moving and the t- the business kind of wanted to stay where they were. Um, yeah. And I think it was interesting at that once you started realising that the, the board appetite was greater than the business appetite, it becomes a different challenge. Then it's about how do you, how do you actually motivate and infuse the the internal teams to go on that journey. Um, and I think that, that was a, an interesting learn for me because you kind of work in an environment and you quickly become part of that environment and you quickly assimilate that that's just how things work. Um, yeah. I think actually, you know, as a new CIO, understanding the board drivers, 
spending time with some of the key board members and really getting under the skin of what they're trying to achieve, uh, where they're trying to go, what they what their aspirations are, um, what the pain points are as well, I guess, um, is really yeah. important because I think then you're not just working on the internal agenda, it's also the board agenda and the board are setting the direction for the company. Um, yeah. I think to me that was that was one area I probably could have spent more time on understanding quicker because I probably figured it out every time I asked for money I got it and yeah. <laughs> you know we, we we delivered value so we kept going yeah. back and you know at the end of at the end of the first three years we over delivered on benefits which is really unusual so we were thirty yeah. percent ahead on benefits delivery against our business case which clearly when you go for the board and ask for more money and you've got that uh, credibility it's really easy to ask for more money next next time around. Um, yeah. So I think I think they would probably be the two for me, understanding the the capability, but also the appetite, because I think the two are quite tightly bound. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and in terms of, um, I guess everything so far, and and on that journey certainly seems to have. And I'm sure there were I'm sure there were some challenges as you went through those IT strategies. But is there? Is there one thing that you can you can look at and say, okay, that 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 was a not necessarily a catastrophic failure, but that that really didn't go to plan, uh, and how you, as a relatively new CIO, dealt with dealt with that kind of again not failure, but but when things really go go awry and uh, you know it hits the fan. Yeah, I, there were probably two two different examples. I think one was where we. Um, decided to re- fully replace and uh, bring in a brand new system for one of the parts of the business. Um, and I think what was interesting that Police Mutual was a relatively small company, so you know about 500 people. And when you're talking about a full system replacement, you don't have the expertise in the business. So we brought people in to help us through that journey, um, but we're still underquoted and um, and the delivery was later than expected. Thankfully, we built lots of credits in the bank, so it was. Yeah. Um, probably um, more salvageable, if you like, than it could have been earlier on in, in the journey. Uh, but I think for me, the interesting bit was if you're going to do something that's outside the core skills of the team, outside of the core competence of the business, um, I think I'd almost urge people to step back and really think quite seriously about are we actually able to do this? Are we actually able to deliver this? And take a really critical look at the team, the business, the ask in terms of deliverables and time skills and really understand just how close you are to having everything in place you need to actually launch a successful delivery. And that might mean spending more money on third parties. It might mean spending more money on QA through the process. I think what we found is we knew what we needed to do. We'd generally gone in with a little bit of um, rose-tinted glasses. We were generally a bit late. Things kind of drifted slightly right. Nothing was catastrophic. Um, yeah. But the, the overall piece was we were slightly, we were under on scope when we delivered and we were over budget and you know that was probably all avoidable. But I think the the, uh, the reflect, reflection for me was having gone through a, a couple of years of very successful deliveries, we tried to take a big jump in terms of our yeah. core ability internally in the business. And I've never seen any core platform replacement that's easy. And I think yeah. having had a couple of years of doing good stuff, we probably thought we were better than we really were. Um, yeah. and that's not saying the people were bad. It's not saying things went terribly wrong. It's just these things aren't things that you would do on a regular basis. You know, you replace a core system once every 20 years, probably. Um, and therefore, most people will never have done it in the team. So if you don't have that experience and com- expertise and competence, um, how do you get that internally in the team? How do you check that you're on, on track? How do you make sure your budgets are realistic? You know, you, you almost think of the old adage, 
think of a number and double it almost you know anything yeah. you do around those core big projects are going to be more expensive and you know making sure people really understand the risks um i think the other bit that was interesting was um and again probably a naivety at the time was having replaced the core platform i think people assumed they could just trade and carry on growing as we were without any real issues um what what we actually found was we needed the best people to deliver the change we, we dragged the best people into that to to guarantee or or move it as fast as we could and the the unintended consequence was the business started going backwards because your best people were driving the marketing campaigns or were driving the digital change or were yeah. growing the business with you know whatever activities um, once those people are distracted and moved into something that becomes the the biggest focus in the business all of those other things that people just assumed would happen weren't happening anymore and i think yeah. you've sometimes got to step back not just about what does it mean to me but what is this going to do to the wider the business and and really understand or think through the consequences of if we do it this way it probably will have an impact is there a way of mitigating that and i think for me those were probably the two big things understand um core competence core skills and what's really required and don't over egg your, your current starting position and secondly yeah. understand what that really means to the business not just in terms of the delivery in you know a year or two's time but on that journey how much are you going to take take from the business as well yeah and, and do you think it's the, the the phrase of kind of learning more from failure or learning more from your mistakes yeah, absolutely. do you think that rings rings true in throughout your yeah career? absolutely I, I think anybody who's had the failure you've kind of given them a very expensive training course because yeah. generally they're, they're not going to do it again um if you've never had a yeah. failure or an issue you generally you might understand it but you know the best people i've worked with generally have had bumps in the road not necessarily always failures but things that they look back on and, and you know they actively learn and i think that's the key yeah. key trait is that um it's not whether you've had the failure right it's whether you're learning to improve and learning to grow and learning to change and i think that's the key key attribute for me um yeah most people though if you've gone through a few particular situations you'll know never to um, underestimate that again or you'll know to watch out for things and so i think yeah people definitely learn through some of the failures um, yeah. and, and actually you know i think people used to get sacked for for doing a bad job i think you know clearly you're not going to promote people for failures but yeah um, i think sometimes you need to recognize that nobody's coming into work to do a bad job and if the project fails that can't all be the the the, the blame of the program manager or project manager or however it is in the business it's generally a you know a wider organizational failure rather than just pinning it on one person and i think yeah. really trying to understand what went wrong is more important than laying the blame off at somebody's door yeah and and is that is that uh, a kind of piece of advice you would give to your younger self or anybody who's kind of starting out as a as a relatively new cio yeah i i, I think always listen always always keep your um, keep your mind up and i think if you have issues and understand what went wrong and how to improve on it um i think the world is moving so quickly now that you need to understand what's changing and what's happening so i think um i think having an inquisitive approach is is generally a good idea um i i would say now as cio i am not um qualified in anything pretty much in it or change so i know yeah. to ask the questions i know some of the questions to ask but everybody around me probably knows more about their own individual area than i do so i think the one yeah. trait i have got is i'm quite inquisitive and i do ask questions and i do try and understand uh, and people people give you the confidence based on you know what they're telling you how they're putting that material together how they're actually um justifying some of their decisions and assumptions i think you know, for me the inquisitive questioning approach would probably be one i'd absolutely dial up if you like when i was younger i think you yeah. see yourself almost getting promoted based on your expertise and your kind of competence and 
actually is you know the, the move to CIO even more so becomes you move into more of a leader and it's much more about yeah. leadership and much much less about management I think you just need to almost change that gear in your brain from I know this and I can do this and I I you know I am the person that you've come to to I don't really know this can you explain and I think actually yeah. that questioning outlook is really helpful and and that's been that's been part of the evolution of technology leaders hasn't it you know historically it, years and years ago it was kind of okay well you, you 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 know what you're doing you should run this department or you should run this team but as obviously technology's evolved and everything's got a lot a lot faster and and the ci role has become a, a business leader role in its own in its own right it's now an integral seat at the table isn't it I agree yeah I agree and the you know there are lots more cios coming into the um, into the world these days that come straight out of the business and that's great because yeah. you know what they bring is a lot of business skill a lot of business awareness if you've got a good technical team around you what they bring is that business questioning business alignment manage manage upwards um so i don't think the cio necessarily needs to be an out and out technical person these days um i think it brings some advantages it also brings some disadvantages um i think the real key for me is having the right leader to ask the right questions and manage the department and manage the team and lead, lead that team effectively through what's happening going forward um, yeah i think it will be interesting to see where the role of cio goes in the future because you know i i would say that every probably every company in the FTSE 500 is a, is an it company you know some yeah. do retail some do banking some do you know um hospitality but essentially if their it systems aren't around for more than a day or two the companies crumble now what's interesting i think when you look at the the marketplaces whilst uh, you know my argument will be everybody's so dependent on it they are almost an it company you see very few non-execs that are it people or, or you know with that level of experience um when you look at the boards you don't see very many of those kind of transformation and change and it people again on the boards and i, and I think that is starting to change um but i think you know over, over the coming years i think what i'd hope would happen would be that it isn't just the it expert that becomes the person on the board it's that the whole exec team become more it literate and become more aware of what what it can do for them how it can enable the business uh, and i'm not saying everyone needs to be an it person but i think the um i don't know it can you help me type of comment disappears because yeah. everybody needs to have a the base level of understanding about it transformation change digital data yeah and it's uh it's it's it's, it's an ongoing cycle isn't it you know as soon as you finish one transformation there isn't there isn't too much time now to sit in a BAU state because every, there's a new piece of technology, there's a new way of working or the com competition have introduced whatever it might be. And so there's no, there isn't really that years of downtime. It's more, okay, we've just finished one transformation. What's next? Yep. Yeah. And, and you know, whenever will that change? So I, I think yeah. if you look at the current market, you know, sometimes you go through acquisition cycles, you've got, you know, whatever's going to happen to the economy over the next few months, years. Um, you know, the market is changing around us and, you know, you've got global entr entrance into marketplace, you've got more regulation. So uh, that, and for me, that's one of the big things I found interesting about the the role in change and transformation is you you rarely can put your finger on it and say, job done, we're finished. Um, yeah. Feet up type. It just doesn't happen because you're generally thinking about three years down the line this is coming and you know you are generally in that kind of mid-term horizon um 
the world is becoming ever faster at change and i think you know it it change needs to be ever faster as well and i think a lot of things are happening recently around agile around different ways of working around delivering fast um in, incubators generally are pushing pushing businesses to do more quicker um and i think it's it's quite exciting because i know in, in in my space in financial services which is where i work mainly um mm. there are lots of people starting up new businesses and they're bringing some brilliant ideas yeah. um, and i think you've just got to keep an eye on what's happening what's coming um and just roll with some of the change i think it is a really exciting time out there um yeah i'll, I'll be fascinated to see where technology ends up in 10 years well yeah definitely um so look, I've got one more question for you, um, and just about just thinking back over your over your career, is there one person um, that had kind of a really significant impact, and 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 why? Maybe it might not even be pushing you to to that CIO role, but somebody that you look back on and go, yeah, that was that was a pivotal moment or a pivotal relationship in uh, in your working career that drove you to where you are now. Yeah, that's um, that is an interesting question. So I, I'd say there are probably two people at different times in my career. Uh, yeah. So the first was I was really lucky when I um, in my first role I, I joined Halifax Building Society. Had a really inspirational uh, manager at the time, uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I guess what I got at the time was having just got first job ever. You know, literally kind of moving out of university into into work you know what a culture shock that is having to get up and yeah. work for you know before nine o'clock in the morning crikey um you know that that kind of confidence that i got from the leadership at the time was was really helpful um yeah really helpful and you know i think what i got was confidence in you could do more you can go further um push the boundaries don't just accept good is good enough you know and it, it became quite liberating to get at such an early stage in, in my career that, that confidence to push on and kind of challenge things uh, and I think I think if I'd not done that I might have just sat and been a bit more kind of observant and watched things a little bit I think um, yeah. you know that that really kind of got me to question and challenge things I think the other the other then was um, actually when I worked at Aviva I worked for the um, the old CIO of Diageo and you know I think what okay. I got from him was um, I was stepping into the role of director at the time you know it was kind of moving into managing IT change um it's pseudo cio but not not called that but um i had a team of nearly 400 people um throughout sourced and internal so it was a fair sized yep. team but um you know he was giving me lots of mentoring at the time about how do you do things how do you manage things and in particular how do you manage some of the some of the key messages because um generally you or relationships with the exec and board and i think some of that mentoring at the time about how do you actually uh, work with some of these key stakeholders how do you manage those key stakeholders um how do you signal what you're doing um, and manage that comms was really helpful because i think it gave me that grounding in terms of core skills that i needed to then move into the cio role so, yeah, so uh, helen and harry were uh, inspirational in my, <laughs> my my career brilliant look dave thank you for thanks for sharing your uh, your experiences with us and uh, hopefully you'll join us again uh, in the near future on the Movement 8 podcast series. Thanks a lot. Pleasure. Thanks very much.